Janicek's Katia Kapanova is a brazenly romantic piece. It's very much a piece that Janicek himself thought of in the tradition of Puccini's great romances or the music of Tchaikovsky. And, it, and it's a sort of great sort of expression of love. And that comes through brilliantly in this lush and heady kind of late summer night of a score. It is the great romance of the 20th century, really, after Puccini's own tragedies. Right in the opening bars of the overture, Janáček introduces an eight-note theme. It goes, bom, 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 bom. And it's played in the timpani, and it's accompanied by a sort of growl of trombones. And this theme appears throughout the piece in various guises. People have called it the fate motif, and it seems to highlight points of crisis in the opera. Katia has a very specific musical character. She is introduced before she's arrived, much like Madame Butterfly is in Puccini's opera, a work which had considerable influence on Janáček, and indeed, much as Aida is introduced before she arrives in Verdi's opera, by this longing tune, and it keeps changing key, it keeps rising, and so we get this sort of almost this incredible sense of tension and excitement. But when Katia first speaks, it's in this wonderfully still... It's almost like a halo. She has an almost angelic quality. Of course, she goes through much more during the piece, but whenever she sings, she sings with great lyricism and heart, and Janáček very much using the strings in a sort of post-romantic way, a very thick sound accompanied by horns, and it's almost like she's cushioned in this wonderful bloom of sound. Kabanika, however, this, this mother-in-law figure, is so removed from that. She is this picture of seriousness, and she's stern, and her music is stern. And she has this incredible ability when talking to her son, Tikhon, and other people in the, in the household. They get dragged into her sound world so that people aren't individualised in the same way that Janáček has completely individualised Katia in this serene glow. Tikhon gets dragged into his, his mother's sound, so they, he sort of almost parrots her. Janáček shows this power that she has over them. 
tenors in Janáček operas are almost seen as sort of characters of weakness. I mean, there is an extremity to their sound. So when singing at, at the very height of their tessitura, their range, they sound extreme, they sound stressed. And Janáček uses that for these men, for Boris, the lover, for Tikhon, the husband, and for Kurjashi, who's Vavra's lover. He's the most kind of Puccinian in some ways. He has this um, kind of easy, louche gait, and he sings nice folk tunes all the time. And he's and so he's the least extreme sounding. Um, Boris, who's kind of full romantic tenor, but also weak as well. I mean, he sounds stressed quite frequently, but no one sounds more stressed than Tikhon, the husband, who's sort of you know put upon by his mother. And so Janáček's choice of that is, I think, deliberate. Yes, they are, they're very clearly differentiated, not so much musically, but by their situation. The morals of this piece, the thing about love finding a way or not finding a way, are so contemporary. I mean, whether through war or sexuality or any kind of a barrier to love, Janáček both posits the idea that love can actually break through that, but he also sort of says, careful what you wish for. Music and drama in Janáček operas are so tightly bound that even if this were your first operatic experience... Janáček communicates what is happening so clearly through his score. He has created this world, shown you what life could be or how bad life can be, and then, for Katia, sadly, taken away that joy. And there's nothing more powerful than that. (laughs) ¶¶ 